Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Monday, December 18th, five minutes after 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey. Rob has the day off. And Ethan Hatcher is joining us in the studio. Thanks for coming in today, Ethan. When the cat is away, the Ethan will play. Mm-hmm. And you know what he's doing right now? He's eating a Springerly cookie from the uh, Heidelberg yeah. house. And uh, Brad Kloppenstein wanted me to uh, let you know that uh, the Heidelberg house is Technically in Lawrence. Okay. Oh, well, it would make sense for Chamber of Commerce, uh, Brad Klopfenstein to <laughs> that take he would of know that. that right. Check out the check out the little pictures. I'm, I'm trying to hold it up to the camera so you can see. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it'll focus in there. But they put little pictures on the cookie. It's so cool. It's yeah. a guy like kneeling with a dove, and mm-hmm. it, ta- it tastes like licorice. Yep. I've never had a niece. It really does taste like licorice. Apparently, also similar to fennel. They're all kind of in this uh, similar family. Are you that. are you giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? On the I would not buy these on your my, own. On my own. Okay. It was an interesting experiment. I don't have menu anxiety. I don't regret having <laughs> having tri- gone through the experience and tried it. Okay. Well, if you're looking for Springerlies, if they're a uh, a family tradition for you, like they are for me, you can get them at the, the Heidelberg House. It is six minutes after eleven. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC. So let's talk about that driver in that car that smashed into a uh, parked SUV that was part of President Biden's. Most motorcade near his campaign headquarters uh, in Delaware. The driver of that vehicle has been charged with DUI. Boy, that was quick. The wheels of justice sure were greased in that that instance. Yeah, so that happened on Sunday evening. A sedan hit a uh, Secret Service vehicle, which was being used to close off intersections as Biden was walking from the campaign office to his armored SUV. So the vehicle that was hit was a parked vehicle which was being used as somewhat of a gate um so the the guy like so the vehicle did its job yeah it kept the president safe the secret service at least know what they're doing they've Uh been on top of things since 1964 um but isn't it interesting how president biden was at a campaign event in Delaware. Right. It was past his bedtime, too. He needs his rest. <laughs> All right. Um, let's also talk about something that happened over the weekend that uh, fired Democrat Senate staffer who, who made that uh, sex tape in the Senate room. Apparently has a little bit of a history doing this. Yeah. He's had a history of vulgar posts on social media. So exercise caution and prudence in staff selection. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Um, he, you know... But I couldn't help my my Twitter feed. At one point, it was like, okay, enough with the pictures. I get it. You want to talk about this, but can we not be posting the video in the pictures? Yeah, I haven't nonstop? subjected myself to that. I haven't actually watched the clip mm-hmm. uh, because why? Why would you want to? I'm not not into that. Uh, not into that scene. So the uh, <laughs> the staffer claimed that he was just a victim of all of this, and that so people were making a big deal out of this because uh, he's gay, and that's not it at all. He could have been alone. He could have been. It just the fact that he was doing it right in the Senate room. That's that's the part that people are upset about. If one were by themselves treating their body as an amusement park, it would be equally offensive as if they were doing it with a partner, gay or straight or -hmm. multiple partners. It was the same room that James Comey testified on the uh, Russian 
uh, interference in the 2016 election. It was the same room that Sonia Sotomayor had her confirmation hearing. Um, and then that guy doing his thing in that room. So he was part of Ben Cardin's office and uh, Ben Carvin previously ranted about how the U.S. Capitol was a sacred place and <laughs> and it's so much more than a building and uh, you know and then his staffer got caught doing doing the dirty the the sealy shuffle yeah the hibbity dibbity the hibbity dibbity comments that age like milk uh-huh um, <laughs> and so what do you think uh, Cardin had to say about this well he's he's not gonna have any more comment on this personal matter. So much for sacred space. January the 6th, Mm -hmm. like December the 7th and September the 11th, Mm -hmm. is a date which will live in infamy. Mm -hmm. I refer to U.S. Capitol as sacred space because it's so much more (laughs) than a building where the Senate and the House of Representatives meet and conduct business. It is the embodiment of our ideals, our aspirations, and hope, Mm -hmm. not just to Americans, but also to all of humanity. Mm-hmm. So sacred that his staffer treated it like an amusement park, right? Um, my question is, how come there was no security or anything around? Like, they were able to disrobe. Well, that's a good question. And get down to business without fear of being caught or, or maybe... I don't know. There's a genre for that. Isn't, Maybe right, that's that what part, got them excited. Right. Isn't that part of the rush is the idea like, ooh, we Maybe, could be we're, caught. We're up ooh. to, the, yeah. We're so, not supposed to do this. Isn't that exciting? I, I don't know. But the fact that they were able to do that is what surprises me, that there wasn't somebody around. They were probably taking care of Hunter while he was making his <laughs> press conference. They were distracted. <laughs> So you remember back uh, last year when the uh, North Carolina rep, Madison Cawthorn, he said that there's a bunch of filth going on in, in D.C. Do you mm-hmm. remember this yeah, guy? I do. I do. Um, and he said that he's been invited to lots of orgies and drug parties. Look at all these people. A lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life. I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy yeah. uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. OK, so I guess Madison Cawthorn was right. Right. I mean, yeah. he's, he's kind of vindicated in I, all of well, this. I, I don't think anyone doubted Madison, or at least uh, anybody who knows what goes on in politics doubted the veracity of his claims there. I mean, they're all kind of pseudo-sinister individuals, and some of them frequent flyers on the Lolita Express. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, is this just the tip of the iceberg? Yeah. I mean, it goes beyond just corruption. Oh, if we knew what was going on in the halls of Congress, Americans everywhere would be disgusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you this is ta- just a small peek behind the curtain. You want to talk about What's going on with uh, Rudy Giuliani, the $140 million verdict in his defamation suit? Yeah, that's pretty interesting uh, to be convicted of defamation, which is usually an uphill battle mm-hmm. to be you know, uh, to to have that, those charges brought against you because you have to uh, uh, satisfy several elements of defamation, including uh, proving actual damages took place. Okay. Um, so what? There were five different sections of mm-hmm. damages. And is that uh, the typical amount of money or 
is this an, a larger amount than usual because it's Rudy Giuliani? Isn't it proportional to the wealth of the individual? Mm. Like, I mean, the, the, the this is comparable to, uh, what was it, the defamation uh, settlement for Nick Sandman. And he got several millions of dollars out of prominent news organizations like CNN for dragging his name through the mud and propagating lies about him. All right. It is 13 minutes after 11. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about uh, Jen Psaki and her lifestyle show, right? She was mocking a Republican congressman who was stumped during a hearing. So he, he was asked, what high crime and misdemeanor are you investigating? And this was in regards to the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And the congressman didn't have a great answer for it, right? In fairness, shouldn't Rep- Republicans be able to just rattle, rattle off some, an answer for this off. question yeah. right in short order. And then what afterwards Jen Psaki decided she was going to make fun of him, right? I mean I mean it's a fair criticism mm-hmm. when you're putting forward an impeachment investigation based on high crimes and misdemeanors that you can't identify. You should have uh, an answer. That's a problem. Right. All right, let's take a listen. Every single House Republican voted this week to move forward with the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. So Congressman Joe Nugos had a very simple question, sounded like one to me, for one of them. Let's just say he did not get a very simple answer back. What is the specific constitutional crime that you're investigating? Well, we're having an inquiry so we can do an investigation and control the production of witnesses. And and, what is the crime you're investigating? And documents. High crimes, misdemeanors, and bribery. What high crime and misdemeanor are you investigating? Look, I, I will, once I get time, I will explain what we're looking at. Yeah, he should have had a better answer. He should have been a little bit more prepared than that. This is what really concerns me about Republicans and the impeachment inquiry, because they've had more than adequate time to be able to line up substantive evidence and and to be able to press the Biden administration on this issue. But that shows a gross lack of preparedness that really concerns me. And you have uh, individuals like Lindsey Graham expressing a skepticism Mm. that Republicans will be able to connect the dots on evidence that uh, sufficient for impeachment. And I understand that impeachment is a political process and the president is likely to be acquitted from the Senate if it were to advance that far. But it's important for Republicans to be able to make these uh, connections and draw the dots for the American people so he can be found guilty in the court of public opinion. Okay, so you mentioned Lindsey Graham and a lot of of people are very upset with him and his appearance on Meet the Press over the weekend. He claims he has not seen any evidence that Biden is corrupt or should be impeached. Okay, let's turn to the other big story on Capitol Hill, the impeachment, of course, uh, of impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Your colleague, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, said that he does not see any evidence, quote, that the president is guilty of anything. Do you agree with him? Is there any evidence so far? You know, I haven't really been paying that much attention to it. They have to to prove that President Biden somehow financially benefited from the business enterprises of Hunter Biden. We'll see. Have they done it yet in your mind? If there were a smoking gun, I think we'd be talking about it. But Uh, he hasn't been paying attention. That's what he's claiming. That's that's a bunch of bullpucky. But then you Mm -hmm. have constitutional scholars like Jonathan Turley who do think there's enough evidence to Mm -hmm. move forward with an impeachment. And there's a smoking gun with which connections can be drawn to the Biden administration. I hope there is, because if Republicans are not able to adequately satisfy this standard to the American people, they will look mighty silly. And that's not what you want in advance of an important election year where our goal should be to defeat the sitting president and his disastrous administration. Okay, and back to the Jen Psaki lifestyle. 
lifestyle show. Uh, what does she say that Hunter Biden should be doing? Shut <laughs> up. Stop talking. She says it's not helpful to any of them. Jen Psaki, you had this surprise press conference by Hunter Biden. Did it help or did it hurt? Look, I think if you're sitting in the White House right now, you're like, please, Hunter Biden, we know your dad loves you. Please stop talking in public. Um, This is not helpful to any of them for him to be out there. But at the same time, the president loves his son. That takes precedent over anything else. That is appealing. I'm thinking the woman in your focus group who talked about family. He loves his son. He loves his family. He's worried about his mental health. But yes, the White House would like him to probably go away, right? Okay, so uh, she said he loves his son and that takes precedence over everything. No, it does not. It does not take precedence over the law. And of course, House Republicans have signaled that uh, their intent is to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. And isn't it extremely ironic that on opposite ends of the political spectrum, you ha- you're faced with the same problem where uh, individuals are under investigation and becoming their own worst enemy, like Donald Trump making public statements about the classified documents. Well, of course I had the classified documents and it didn't declassify it. It's saying on recorded tape. So, you know, many times these people are their own worst enemy during investigations. Mm-hmm. Zip the lip. You right. Say stop nothing. Talking. Just stop talking. Yep. It is 18 minutes after 11 with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Was a jolly happy soul with a corn 21 minutes after 11, you're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall with the day off. Ethan Hatcher joining me in the studio today. And we've been talking about this uh, subpoena that Hunter Biden blew off. And he got a little help from Eric Swalwell. And Eric actually helped him secure the spot that he did that press conference at. And uh, in a bit of delusion, uh, Eric Swalwell is saying that the Biden Biden impeachment inquiry is sick and perverse because he sees a good and decent man in Joe Biden who united the country. So is helping congressional witnesses avoid giving testimony a chargeable offense? Because it seems like Eric Swalwell may have uh, created Done a something, here. yeah, it yeah. created a little bit of a problem for, for himself. Him. Okay, well, uh, constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley, he says that Swalwell aided and abetted a crime. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. when he worked with Hunter's lawyer to help Hunter disregard the subpoena in contempt of Congress. So uh, the so, answer to your question is, yeah, possibly he, he could be in some hot water. So what are they going to do to Swalwell when, right. they won't, when they already aren't doing anything to Hunter Biden? Right. I will be excited if he's actually held in contempt of Congress. He's already shown contempt and now they've held the vote. Mm-hmm. They are officially underway with the impeachment investigation brought on in part, not in part, in whole, thanks to Hunter Biden's malfeasance. So good job, Hunter. You landed dad in hot water. (laughs) Well, here's Swalwell saying that they've got uh, no evidence. I I see a good and decent man in Joe Biden who united the country. And all the evidence has shown that he loved his son. Uh, His son was on hard times and he bought his son a truck and his son paid him back. He loaned his brother money and his brother paid him back. Joe Biden is just a, a decent American who uh, fought MAGAism and is seeing them use this against him. And as I said, in this sick and perverse way, mm-hmm. sick and perverse, he it was just a, it was just a truck. 
He was just paying his dad back Biden for, loves, for the loan. Biden loves Hunter like Swalwell loved Fang Fang. Oh, boy. And exactly. <laughs> I mean, are you going to believe anything that that guy says based on his history? So uh, apparently everything is wonderful and great, and you just don't know it yet. Yeah, I love the administration gaslighting us. Um, it's not only the administration, but it's the entire party. The DNC chair, Jamie Harrison, he was on MSNBC. And you know why um, you just don't realize how wonderful and great everything is going? Oh, probably because the Democrats are just being treated so unfairly. Listen to is this right? guy. Listen to this guy as he says, <laughs> it's the media's fault for Biden's message not getting through. And the president's talking about it. The administration's talking about it. Why isn't that message getting through? Well, you know, I think it's a mixed bag. One, we need to make sure that, you know, and it's not you, but some in the media, instead of covering what type of shoes Joe Biden has on for the day, right, to actually cover the work that's being done in those communities. That's one. The second part is that we have to make sure that we get into the communities and connect them with the resources. He's blaming the mainstream media for not getting the message through on how wonderful the Biden administration is. Democrats are incredibly haughty and ungrateful because the media is definition of compliant with uh, putting forth Democratic talking points and messaging and playing softball with the president and not pressing on important issues and the audacity for him to go after the media Mm -hmm. and blame them for not providing coverage for Joe Biden. That's all they do is gaslight the American people about how well things are going. Well, Oh, you know, inflation is down relative to where it was. Talk about the hand that, you know, bite the hand ah, that feeds you, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about what's going on with Jeopardy. Uh, they uh, revealed that they're no longer, how do you say her name? I think it's Mayim uh, Bialik. Bialik, yep. She's no longer going to be hosting the game show. Yeah, she was uh, brought to fame in the uh, Big Bang Theory days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Sony informed her that she's no longer going to be hosting the syndicated version of Jeopardy. So, so does that mean Ken Jennings all the time? That, that was my question. All Ken was all the time? Gonna, uh, to Ken Jennings. Yeah, she was honored for an Emmy for hosting, didn't win, and is that when they said no thank you? I mean, it's hard to replace Trebek, somebody who's so intimately associated with the broadcast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, Price is Right when Drew Carey replaced Bob Barker. It's not analogous. Not the same. It's just not. No. Not not the same. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll see, you know. She'll she'll land somewhere. She'll do something if she wants to. Sure. I mean, she, Maybe another sitcom. Yeah, possibly. She didn't really need to do that job if she didn't want to. Uh, best Christmas songs of all time. Have you seen this list? Seven holiday hits that are most heralded by experts. Okay. Okay. What do they got? <laughs> Number one on the list. And this is where the the whole list goes straight straight into the cylinder file. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, number one. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's worthless. (laughs) They also have Last Christmas from Wham as number two, which surprises me. And then you got a classic, White Christmas from uh, Bing Crosby and uh, Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. I don't even know that song. So how how can this be the most heralded Christmas song from experts? Where, uh, where's uh, Paul McCartney's uh, Wings, A Wonderful Christmas Time? 
Uh, is it is it on the list? Number, Should be. Number five, you've got Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love from 1963. And uh, the Christmas song, that's the chestnuts roasting on an open fire by Nat King Cole. And uh, you've got Happy Christmas War is Over from John Lennon. But the Paul McCartney song that no, you mentioned. That, that list is bull crap. I'm not, calling not it. On, not on the list. <laughs> nope. All right, we'll throw that one out. 28 minutes after 11, this is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. There it is. On that bogus list of Christmas songs. This Mariah Carey song place number one. What was the other one you said wasn't on the list? Little Drummer Boy? Yeah, Little Drummer Boy. Where's well, that on the Christmas plenty, list? Plenty of classics. Joy to the World and uh, Silent Night. There were plenty of Christmas songs that didn't make that list. So. 12 Days of Christmas? Yes. On the we're, first day of Christmas. We're going to ignore that list and uh, not refer to it anymore. Because yeah. it was what just, a stinker. It was just wrong. It had Wham! Last Christmas as the second best holiday song ever. No Wonderful Christmas Time. <laughs> What, what what about uh, uh, Band-Aid? Do they know it's Christmas? I mean, that was a classic, right? Yeah. At least for Gen Xers it was. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, this. It says that uh, analysis revealing 16 states where drug, alcohol, and cigarette use is the highest. And guess what? The great state of Indiana is in the top 20, ranking at number 13. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but this tracks. Indiana. You think so? Yeah, Indiana, not an overly healthy state. According to Forbes ranking for healthiest states that mm-hmm. was published earlier this year, um, Indiana is 12th on the unhealthiest states in the union. West Virginia and Mississippi, number one and number two. Now, what do they have as the reason for your list? Is it. Um you know, dietary measures? Is it weight? Is it lack of exercise? Is it mental health? What is it? Because, you know, these lists are all, Indiana's an unhealthy state. Okay, by what, you know, markers? Uh, This was overall uh, health, including cancer, heart disease, uh, you know, things like that. Okay. Well, Indiana having a lot of hypertension, diabetes, other, you know, uh, weight-related healthcare issues. And I believe heart, heart also uh we also have heart problems so Mm -hmm. i mean like it tracks if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle you're using an excess of drugs alcohol cigarettes those things take a toll on your body it's Mm -hmm. just a reality okay so uh indiana on this list of america's most addicted states Let's see here. They say 20% of the population smokes, 18% drinks excessively, and 13.7% is using illicit drugs. And also you've got uh, 5% using an e-cigarette. So other states on the list include Colorado, Montana, Alaska, Louisiana, Ohio, Nevada, Oklahoma, Kansas, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Iowa, and West Virginia. They're all ahead of the Hoosier state. Do we count e-cigarette usage as an unhealthy habit? Because I thought the advantage of e-cigarettes was they uh, uh, just, it's water vapor. Well, I think there's also that other chemical in there. The Uh, nicotine? Well, besides the nicotine, but also... um, Oh, it's... The suspension gel? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So I can't imagine that that's overly healthy for you. Sure. I mean, there's a reason that Juul faced 
all of those lawsuits. Well, the reason why Jewel faced those lawsuits was because they were marketing the product to kids. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they making those fruity flavors, doing the same thing that Camel did uh, with Joe Cool, the right. Camel. You right. know, and let's let's do cartoon characters and make this uh, you know attractive to the Ute. Let's talk about what Chris Christie had to say. Uh, he was reacting to Donald Trump. Donald Trump made a comment in uh, New Hampshire. He said that immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. <sighs> and uh, Chris Christie, he was on with uh, Jake Tapper on CNN's State of the Union. And uh, Chris Christie said that Donald Trump is disgusting. I want you to take a listen to something else that Donald Trump said about immigrants last night. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. South America, Africa, Asia, immigrants poisoning the blood of our country. The words of the leading Republican presidential candidate. Your response. He's disgusting. And what he's doing is dog whistling to Americans who feel absolutely under stress and strain from the economy and from the conflicts around the world. And he's dog whistling it to blame it on people from areas that don't look like us. And look, Jake, the other problem with this is the Republicans who are saying this is OK. Um, almost 100 members of Congress who have endorsed him. Nikki Haley who this week said he is fit to be president. You're telling me that someone who says that uh, immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country, someone who, who who says Vladimir Putin is a character witness, is fit to be president of the United States, was the right president at the right time, Nikki Haley should be ashamed of herself. And she's part of the problem because she's enabling him. She's enabling him by saying to people, it's okay. Let me be really clear. I'm in this race to let people know it's not okay. It's not okay for an American president to be saying these things. And she should be ashamed of herself. These members of Congress who just sit there and compliantly nod their head like a dog in the back of a, of a car, just nodding away. Um, when he says all these things, because all they care about is their own political future and their own primary in their own district. This is why American leadership is falling down. This is why I'm in the race to mm -hmm. stay. Um, and we're going to take Donald Trump out by telling the truth, because the truth matters. Do you find it interesting that Chris Christie's answer to this question was to attack Nikki Haley? Yeah, I mean that that that, but that's a strategy that the Republicans have been uh, doing in the primaries because she's the most popular, the next most popular mm -hmm. um, uh, candidate right now. So of course they're going to punch up. My question is though, is is Christie Chris Christie's evaluation here wrong? Because I listened to that clip of Donald Trump making the statement at his rally, and I question what the president meant by that choice of phrasing that these immigrants were poisoning the blood of America. What 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 do you mean by by that, Mr. President? Because it sure does sound awfully dicey. It's not something that uh, I, I think 
elected representatives should be should be saying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially about legal immigrants. Well, was he talking about legal immigrants? Or well, was what he was he about talking about? Illegal immigrants. Well, that, that's what we need to answer here. What was the president talking about? What did he mean by that statement? And when he was talking about the blood of the country, mm-hmm. was he talking about the actual blood or did he mean the spirit of the United States? And was he talking more about people coming here illegally and wanting amnesty? Yes. Uh, the, the, all very, very important questions. <laughs> so um, here, we, here we have um, former First Lady Melania Trump. And over the weekend, she was busy. She was welcoming new legal citizens to America at the National Archives in Washington, D.C. Be proud of yourself. Stand your ground and embrace the opportunities that lie ahead. You are American. Be a beacon of inspiration for your children and those who follow in your footsteps. May your journey continue to be filled with endless possibilities and may your contributions enrich the fabrics of this great nation. Congratulations again. That's uplifting. She doesn't uh, do a whole lot of public speaking. No. So I thought it was interesting to hear that. But again, uh, she was welcoming legal citizens so, to America, those that have gone through the process. Like, this is a much more favorable approach to, you know, earning uh, uh, media attention is making appearances like that and, mm-hmm. and, you know, welcoming Americans who do it the right way. And I mm-hmm. guess my question would be if Donald Trump thinks that those individuals who made the right choices and who came here legally and who, you know, proved their dedication and desire to be part of this wonderful country, if he thinks they're poisoning the blood as well? I don't know. It is 20 minutes in front of 12. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93. WIBC. That is Ethan Hatcher filling in for Rob today. So Barack Obama concerned that President Biden won't be able to stop Donald Trump from returning to the White House. Um, all of the polling, and we've been reviewing a lot of it this morning, the CBS YouGov poll, the um, Pew Research poll, of course, the Fox News poll, they all show Biden uh, in the toilet. His numbers are down. And not only is Donald Trump winning uh, in a hypothetical head-to-head, but you also have Nikki Haley being Joe Biden as well. And in some cases, Ron DeSantis tying. So numbers don't look good for Joe Biden in any regard. And it's probably proper that Barack Obama Should would be, be concerned. Yeah, no, everything is underwater with the Biden administration. You gave back Af- Afghanistan to the Taliban, uh, the economy suffering under the enormous pressure of inflation, supply chain shortages, the list goes on. President Biden, not a success mm-hmm. in any measure of the term. Yep, job approval down, ratings down. Uh, most of the comparatives are not good. And then, of course, last week we talked about how the Biden administration phone up Hillary Clinton to come save the campaign. And the one thought that I had is Hillary Clinton is the one woman who has stood by a man who's been through an impeachment process. It's true. So is that why they called her? <laughs> Onboarding her for exper- expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, I can see that. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's play this clip of John Fetterman. Uh, we've been questioning a lot what's going on with him. He seems to have, I don't know, made made more sense than he has in the past and why is that and somebody recently asked him um what what's going on he said he's he's not a progressive he's just a democrat are you a progressive no i'm just a democrat that has always run on what i believe and know to be true 
and six years ago that was considered progressive. But now there isn't a single Democrat in this race or any race that I'm aware of that's running on anything different. So that's not really you know, progressive. That's just where the party is. And I think that's the essence of what our party stands for, right? Okay, so he said the same thing back in 22, and that was when he was just still a candidate. And now that he's, you know, in office, he's saying the same thing, although it sounds different now, don't you think? I was a little bit confused by his statement. So is he saying he's not a progressive because that's different, or is he saying that progressives now embody the party platform? That sounded to me more like what he mm-hmm. was saying, but he's been snubbing Democrats recently, and I, I actually gave him you know, some praise for calling out the hypocrisy of removing George Santos from office while leaving uh, uh, Bob Menendez unaccountable right. Still for his collusion office. with the Egyptian government and his hoarding of illicit funds. Like yeah. Obviously, the this is also worthy of ousting from Congress if for many reasons, including the fact that you pose a national security issue influencing the direction of American policy through foreign uh, uh, connections. He did, uh, I don't know though, I mean, he says one thing and then does another because he yeah. re- he released a video uh, which was much more in line with progressive views on the border and he was citing Statue of Liberty and calling for citizenship for everybody who's crossed the border. Again, uh, like I've said, wanting amnesty. So he says I'm not a progressive on one side, but then he also shows progressive tendencies yeah. on the other. Nobody so. should be confused that John Fetterman is our friend. He's not. He's, he He's, didn't wake up one day and become a conservative. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Bingo. Um, and also, one other thing, homelessness in the U.S. surges to its highest record level. Okay, this is a report by the Department of uh, Housing and uh, Urban Development. So HUD showing the number of people experiencing homelessness has risen 12% across the board. This is uh, from last year, more than 70,000 cases of homelessness. And I know that there's a little homeless encampment kind of by my house it's uh washington and rockville road area yeah there are several around the city little little tent city and it's kind of um off and behind some high foliage so you can't really see it but if you know what you're looking for you know it's there and it seems to be growing day by day california and portland are going to be in for a problem because of course that's where most of the homeless migration eventually ends up because they've made it so favorable to live in those cities Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. All right. It is 16 minutes away from noon. It is the Kendall and Casey show. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. minutes in front of 12 you're listening to the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc rob kendall with the day off ethan hatcher in the studio you're smiling at this song is this putting you in the mood no i'm just happy to be here all week that's oh, okay. what i was thinking of <laughs> rob is away and the ethan will play okay i'll be here all week ladies okay. and gentlemen. i you know uh you know one of uh rob's favorite uh politicians he's got like i think two um, and, th- and this guy, I wouldn't say favorite, but ranks in the more favorable column, and that is Thomas Massey. Pretty solid conservative. Yeah, he was with uh, Ron DeSantis, and here he is. They're, here, they're making the case that Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy are constitutionally disqualified from serving based on um, their behavior during the pandemic. 
don't get this. They do not. There's one presidential candidate who was responsible for perpetuating some of this tyranny. Okay, and I was I was taking the brunt of that. And then there's some candidates, we don't know where they were when COVID happened, right? I think they were trying to sell drugs and, uh, you know, and more data to the government on, on people. Okay. And, um, and then there are just people who went along to get along. Okay. All of those people constitutionally are disqualified for service. And it, the governor put his, his finger on it. The greatest threat to liberty that's happened in, in my adult lifetime was during COVID. And this is the only guy who was fighting when it could have cost him his position in government. And so not only that, but then looking forward, we need a reckoning for what happened in this country. We need to hold these agencies accountable, Fauci, everything. Because right now, they would do the same thing all over again. Yep. They'd run the same playbook. And we need to make sure that this will never happen in our country ever again. I'm the only one running who will do that. I'm the only one that even talks about doing that. So, um, Valid points. Yeah, he, he's not wrong. He is the only one who's talking about it. Um, Donald Trump com- compromised many conservative values during the COVID debacle. And I understand, you know, including myself, I made some bad calls because I believed the, narr- <laughs> you know, the narrative that we, uh, you know, what was it, two weeks to stop the spread and that mm-hmm. was a worthwhile exchange. Turns out that was a lot of bullpucky and it did nothing to slow or stop or save anyone. So that was a bad call. And the president made a bad call too. He helped turn on the infinite printing press and mm-hmm. release those stimulus and was a big part of the reason why inflation was so out of control. Donald Trump not living up to the limited government values that conservatives usually espouse. And that is a valid criticism of his presidency. When he had the opportunity, what did he do to Christopher Wray? What did he do to Fauci? Nothing. He let those people, he let the swamp creatures stay in office and continue to whittle away the liberties of American citizens. And that was with Donald Trump's compliance there. So I think it is a valid criticism. I'm not sure it would constitutionally disqualify him. I, I mean, I don't want to question Thomas Massey's wisdom there, but you can run for a president from a jail cell mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're under indictment. I don't know why you, that you know the actions taken as president would then constitutionally disqualify well, you. Well, and I think that's one of the interesting reasons why Donald Trump should engage, and if it will be the last debate in Iowa. So if these questions are asked, he has an opportunity to address but, them. But why would he? Because he's been continuously right. rewarded for thumbing his nose at the process. So there's nothing. Nothing to be gained by engaging there, and he's done way more, uh, you know, uh, controlling the platform on his bully pulpit on the campaign trail um, he when he's should, the only star of the show. He should because voters have the right to hear what his answer would be. But you know, if you're in his position and you're surging ahead in the polls, why? Why would? Why you? would you? Because that that only bodes the opportunity to hurt him. And most people are the people in Trump's camp are already married to the candidate. Mm -hmm. You know, they're Mm -hmm. not going to be switching up their vote no matter what happens on the debate stage. Uh, Apparently, one of Ron DeSantis's uh, big uh, top strategists has left his campaign. This Mm -hmm. is uh, that's not good. What is his name? Jeff Rowe. He said, I cannot in good conscience stay affiliated with the Never Back Down Pack, given the statements in The Washington Post today. So, um, this guy's uh, leaving the DeSantis campaign. 
what uh, what do you think about these top five stocking stuffer Christmas candies in Indiana? Now, of course, at Christmas time, many people like to give sweet treats. You've got your candy canes, your gingerbread houses, of course, your milk and cookies that are left out for Santa Claus and also eggnog. But many people like to just put straight up candy in the stocking stuffer. And you've got uh, the reindeer corn candy candy, and, and also Pez, very popular. However, four out of five people fill Christmas stockings with candy, and there has been a list that has come out with the most popular stocking stuffer Christmas candies for the great state of Indiana. Any guesses for what tops the list? I'll give you a hint. Nationwide, it is Kit Kat. We do not follow the national trend here in Indiana. Are we a Reese's state? (laughs) Nuts number five. Reese's peanut butter cups number five. Okay. Followed by candy canes. Number three is Snickers. Number two is Skittles. The number one candy for stocking stuffers. There's a lot of different flavors you could do. M&M's? You got it. M&M's. Okay. Yeah. All right. Big uh, now, what did I thought I heard you say reindeer corn earlier. Is this like candy corn from Halloween? Is that what they do with the leftovers because it's such a misbegotten candy? It's a, it's a classic candy. You've probably <gasps> seen it in grandma's candy dish. Uh, it's a hard candy and it's like red or green or it's, so it's rainbow not like stripe. Candy corn. It's no, it's not candy corn. It's called reindeer corn. Okay. Candy. Not candy corn, reindeer corn candy. I've never seen that. It's the, yes, you have. It's the classic hard candy that grandma had in her candy dish. Well, well maybe not remember your, my grandma maybe not didn't your celebrate grandma. Christmas. <laughs> not your grandma. But, I don't have these happy memories but to other fall back people's, on. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Taylor Swift <laughs> and her, uh, her romance with uh, Travis Kelsey. You know how she's flying all over the place to go see her boyfriend, right? She flies to go see him in whatever stadium he's playing in. She's been flying from South America back to America during her Eros tour. Well, people pay $10,000 a ticket to uh, see her in concert, so I'm sure she can (laughs) afford those frequent flights. Um, uh, It has come out that her, her romance has produced 138 tons of CO2 emissions in three months. And she would need to plant more than 2,200 trees to offset the damage. Dear Lord. Uh, In three months, her journeys to see Travis have used up, are you ready for this? 12,622 gallons of jet fuel. How do they calculate this? Is she doing private flights or is she flying commercial? This is... Come on. Yeah, it's a dumb Taylor question. Swift. You're right. She's Sorry. Got, she's got her own plane. She's doing this, you know, with her own plane. She got her own money, Ethan. Yeah, you're right. That was a dumb question. Twenty-two Over 2,200 trees. Uh, she would have to allow that these trees grow for 10 years in order to offset the uh, damage caused by her flights. Makes you wonder what Greta Thunberg's carbon footprint is. <laughs> Thank you, Ethan, for coming in today. Thank you, Kevin. And we're going to catch you back here tomorrow. Tony Katz is up next. You've been listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Oh, yeah.